So the first thing is to say no to certain commitments and certain things that you, that you do. Are you a community leader who's looking to really build your community through the power of email? It's the first chance you have to get in front of the right people, and you should make the most of it. So many community leaders take the template approach, and you've lost your community before they've even found you. How about crafting the perfect welcome series instead? You can grab my guide, Crafting the Perfect Welcome Series, at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Discover the tips and tactics I use to help my clients get up to an 80% open rate. When people open those first few emails, they're more likely to continue opening your messages, engaging, and buying from you. Build your community the right way with a welcome series that converts. Grab your copy at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Hello, community leaders. I am so excited for you to listen into this episode today of the Audience Converter Podcast. I have an excellent guest, Mark Johnson, with me. And, you know, in this episode, we dived into something really important, and that's not only making really great decisions, but also how to delegate to make sure that the tasks you're doing are really the best use of your time and the best use of what, you know, we like to call your zone of genius. So it's really a relevant topic for anyone who's looking to run a community. He talks about his DEA method, which is kind of how he helps others figure out what they should and shouldn't be doing. And when you run a community, when you're a leader in a community space, there are so many different things you could be doing and could be putting your effort and time into. But at the end of the day, the most important use of your time is being that leader, is doing what you're doing to draw more people into your world. So I love the way he breaks it down, uh, what he talks about with making sure, you know, what tasks you're doing. And one of the really powerful things that we're going to dive into is how to-do lists kind of derail your productivity and stop you from actually taking full advantage of your time. So this is a really great episode. Go ahead and tune into the rest and meet Mark Johnson and get some really good, great golden nuggets from this episode of the Audience Converter podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. And today, we're going to talk about something that lots of us need to do every day in our lives, but sometimes we find it a little bit difficult, and that is all about making great decisions. So I'm so excited to have with me today Mark Johnson. He is a speaker and coach, and over 25 years of experience as a dynamic speaker, trainer, working with small businesses, large corporations, and government agencies. He's worked with businesses across the USA, Australia, Argentina, and Canada. He's got a friendly and authentic approach to speaking and made a lot of dramatic changes in his own life to help support others in moving forward in their lives and businesses. So, Mark, I want to say thank you so much again for for being here with us today and for coming on the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. I'm excited to learn more about you and share with your audience some of the things that I've been able to use in my life and my business to keep things moving. Fantastic. So we're going to go ahead and dive right on in here. 
you know, give me a, a brief overview, kind of what was your journey like to doing what you're doing? Like many of us, when I was little, I was a farm kid and always had lots to do. Growing up on a farm, I learned a lot of things, especially working hard was the route to success and to everything we wanted in life that carried on through college and into my my original career, which was in working in environmental science and actually working in the oil and gas sector on pipelines and did really well, worked really hard, built uh, two pretty successful companies and uh, realized that that wasn't all there was to life. Had a 18 year old, 18 month old, <laughs> she's only 11 now, 18 month old daughter when I discovered that trying to be Iron Man and do everything and complete everything and I could just do it all uh, landed me in the cardiac unit and not a very enjoyable way to spend uh, a few weeks of our summer. And that's when I realized I had to make some changes and I had to make some decisions and some choices that uh, were going to shift a lot of things in my world and my life and in my business. Wow, that's such a such a wake up call, and it's uh, it's something that a lot of people I think they kind of find themselves in that place. And and you're all about you know figuring out how to burn your to do list, that the choices and the options and the things that you're doing are what you actually want to be doing and you're not constantly just checking things off of the list. So, you know, how did that experience kind of bring you to, to what you do? The reason I really, and this is why I talk about burning your to-do list. I grew up, as I said, on, on a dairy farm and there was always a to-do list. You'd come home from school, there was a to-do list on the table. You were to pick a job off the to-do list, go do it, come back in and stroke it off. And You'd come home the next day and there'd be more on the to-do list. And that carried over into my adult life. And I don't know about you, Kimberly, but there always seemed to be a to-do list of things to do. And my to-do list, it seems like I'd stroke some things off and then more things would appear. And it reminded me of that. I don't know if you remember the, there was a movie uh, called Little Shop of Horrors. And there was a strange mutant plant called Audrey. And Audrey was always saying, feed me. And you'd feed Audrey and Audrey would grow. And, and you'd grow. have to feed Audrey more. <laughs> exactly. And that's how I see a lot of to-do lists. It's, it's like you stroke some stuff off, but then you add more stuff on. And you get overwhelmed. Most of us, we have more to do than we have time to do it in. And that's why I say get rid of your to-do list. Burn your to-do list because it's not good. It has a very serious impact on what we can accomplish in a day or a week or a month, but it has a real impact on us as individuals, as people, because I don't know about you. I know when I get to the end of the day and I said I was going to do something and it's still not done, I don't feel very good about myself. It's like, oh, you should have done that. Why didn't you do that? You knew you had to get that done. And it starts a whole conversation internally in our head that we're not good enough and we couldn't get enough done. And as I said, that led me to thinking I was Iron Man who could do anything and everything and get it all done at the same time. It's very true that, you know, a lot of us, 
we have it in our heads. You know, I, I've heard that people say you can get a lot less done than you think in a year, but a lot more done than you think in five years. And so many of us kind of take that approach to, to life and our own to-do lists. It's that I feel I, you know, oh, this is only going to take X number of amount of time. This is only going to take a few minutes. And then suddenly that one little task that we were supposed to only take five seconds on, it took so much time that we're so behind on everything else, but we're still determined to get through that whole thing. And then as you said, right, you never seem to get through the whole thing and then you're always adding to it. And I agree that, you know, I've started to change the way I structure my goals for the day, if you will, into like, what do I have to get done? And then what would I like to get done? So can you tell me a little bit more about how, you know, people can stop using a to-do list or or what's the alternative to a to-do list? And and that's a great point. Yes, there is an alternative. And one thing that I don't think any of us are particularly good at is saying no to things. We've been trained since we were little people that saying no was a bad thing. When you're a kid, you want to, you know, an adult or authority figure, teacher, coach, whomever says, oh, do that. And you say no, then there was repercussions to that. And I know that's carried over in life for a lot of people because we weren't allowed to say no and we weren't trained to say no. So the first thing is to say no to certain commitments and certain things that you that you do. Kimberly, if you were to call me tomorrow and say, oh, I want to do another podcast. And I'm like, we just did one. I, I would say no, because while you're a fabulous host and I love your podcast, I don't think we need to be doing multiple ones. You need, you know, we all need to be doing other things. So that's my first tip for everyone is just say no to some of these things rather than, because if you know you're not going to do them, it's better to say no up front. And as an example, none of us can do it right now, but if your friend was to say, hey, do you want to go get a coffee? And you say, well, I can try and meet you tomorrow for a coffee, or I can try to meet you next week. Do you really expect them to show up? It's a very good point in that a lot of us are, are trained that, you know, if you say you're going to do something or, you know, you always have to say yes. And so just changing the mentality a little bit of, you don't have to do all the things. And that's something that I talk a lot about with my clients as well is, you know, with marketing, you should say no to doing and being absolutely everywhere because there's only one of you and you can only do so much on your own. But being able to say no to certain things in our time, uh, both personal and professional, I can see where that would really help a lot of us kind of narrow down that to-do list by simply not choosing to add more to it. Absolutely. And you bring up a great point, Kimberly. Part of your business, besides being a podcast, is being a really great copywriter and helping companies with copywriting and marketing. Now, I'm not a great copywriter and I'm not particularly skilled at marketing, but that brings me to my next tip for everyone, and that's create what I call my DEA, and that's delegate, eliminate, and automate. So, your services covers two of them. First, delegate. So I would delegate to Kimberly. Oh, I need some copy written about this product launch I'm going to do. Can you do that for me? And automate would go to the marketing side of it, where Kimberly would be able to produce not only copy, but marketing stuff for me that I don't do. And she does it automatically. 
without me doing it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, it's it's one of those things that so many of us hear, but then we're not really sure like how it applies to us. So I love that you gave examples of, you know, delegating things that you're not good at or that is not uh, the same rate of your time, right? So I know for me, one of the things I don't like doing, right, is like doing the bookkeeping or doing your taxes, right? It takes hours and hours and hours of your time, even if you're using a software. And is it a good use of your time? Or is that something you should delegate out because it's not your zone of genius? So I love that you've broken it down to how to kind of wrangle the to-do list to get rid of it. And that's, you know, this DEA method. Yeah. And that's exactly when you look at your to-do list, this is where I first apply the DEA is, can I delegate it? Can I eliminate it? Is it something that I don't even really need to do? Because if it's been hanging around in your to-do list for weeks and sometimes months and maybe even years, do you really need to do it? Probably not. And then the automate, and, and I love that you mentioned the bookkeeping, the, the taxes, the accounting side of business. That's what most business owners don't like doing. So hire someone to do it for you. They can automate a lot of things. They can download your, your bank statements, your visa statements directly into the accounting so you don't even see it. And the other beautiful part is you can get apps on your phone now that you don't even need to keep the receipts. You take a picture of the receipt in the app and it sends it right into your accounting format. You never touch it again. So instead of that, and I think we've all had it, that box of receipts that we're trying to sort through at tax time, does it for you. It's automated. It's delegated. And in a way, you've eliminated it because you don't have that piece of paper. And you don't have that thought hanging around either. I have one of those apps uh, that, you know, I'm at dinner, I take out my phone, I scan it in it. It can, you know, intuitively know like what category it should go in. And, you know, you can say yes or no if it's the wrong category, but it makes it so much simpler. So you don't have to always be worrying about, did I manage to grab that? Did I do the right thing? Did I have, have I entered it yet? Because it just kind of integrates. Yes. And that's the the beauty of this. And that's why I say taking this DEA approach, delegate, eliminate, and automate to your to-do list, it, it makes a huge shift right away because all of a sudden, and I, and I know from my personal experience that when some of that stuff goes away, you feel so much lighter because it's like, I don't have that anymore. This is so great. I know it, at Christmas time, because I do this kind of at the end of the year, every year, I go through some of my notes and I decide, do I need this anymore or do I not? And we were cleaning up this year and realized we had a, a binder of notes from a conference we were at five years ago and it was around digital stuff. And I'm, I'm looking at it going, do I need this anymore? Because the digital world has shifted so much that most of the notes I took five years ago aren't even relevant anymore. So it went in the recycle bin. That's so true. Uh, I know I've got like stacks and stacks of notebooks and I always tell myself, oh, I'll go back. I'll go back and read them. And then like, I very rarely actually go back and read them. Although I did find a way to, to kind of make them purposeful because I finally organized everything. So I have, you know, now it's really easy for me to find that information because I know exactly where to look for it. 
And, you know, you talk about delegate, eliminate, and automate. Do you have some sort of formula or approach people can take to find what they should be eliminating? I know you mentioned one thing, which is like if it's been on your, you know, if your to-do list has had this one item for five months, do you really need to do it? But what other kinds of things should you look for in, in items that you might want to eliminate? And it, this is a perfect time when we're recording this because of all the pivoting and shifting businesses are having to do. And if you look at something, this might be a little on the tax side of things, but look at some of the things that you pay for every month that pop up in your email or they show up on your credit card and you don't use it. And I'm thinking of subscription type things. Um, Oh, I've got a subscription to Dropbox or I have a subscription to something else and you never use it, but it costs you money. And you always think when you see the bill, oh, yeah, I got to do something about that. But you don't. Now is the perfect time to be doing something about some of those things and eliminating them. I went through this morning my in my email because I was seeing the volume increasing and increasing. And I unsubscribed from some lists because I never open the emails anyhow. I'm swiping them away on my phone or, you know, highlighting them and deleting them on my computer but I never open them. So that's another way you can eliminate. Just look at things you don't use or you never use or emails that you don't even open and unsubscribe from the list. Because again, those are things that build up. I like to keep my email inbox fairly short, but I have friends that have, and others that I know that have 5,000 unread email. Does that help you any? Oh, absolutely. And I I will say that I am one of those people who has 22,000 unread messages uh, in my inbox, but that is not my business inbox. That's the inbox, you know, I I used to use and I rarely use it now. So I kind of glance at it type thing. But, you know, my, my business inbox is much, much lower. And it's true that it's one of those things where you kind of have to set up systems. You can find what you need to eliminate because, uh, as you said, right, it's not just about like the the emails in your inbox that you're not opening, but what else are you using that's not contributing to to your success? And some of those subscription services, maybe they are, uh, but some of them aren't. And the only way you're going to find that out is to actually look and evaluate. Is this something I should be doing? Is this something that has a return or is this something that's just another thing I have to do? And and that's a great point because eliminate and evaluate. Uh, when I set up the DEA, they really do tie together, right? Do I need this or is this something I can get rid of? Or is it something that I can automate? Or is it something I should be delegating? And that's all, and I would suggest everyone, even, even in your day, maybe spend a couple of days in writing down what you do and then decide, is this really a good use of my time? Um, Dr. John D. Martini told me about this many years ago that when he was looking at his business, even though he's a chiropractor, he made more money going out and speaking about the benefits of chiropractic care and sending people to his clinics where he had other chiropractors working. And they did the adjustments and the alignments and, and all the, the chiropractic work, but he made far more money by speaking and talking about it and doing the sales side of it. So he didn't do chiropractic work anymore. Now, I don't know what the pricing is now where you are, 
but you know, spending uh, going in for a chiropractic appointment where I live is about $75. And the chiropractor only makes a little bit of that because he's got to cover all the other costs of having a clinic. So think about your business. What are you doing in your business that could be better done by somebody else than you spending a whole bunch of time, right? You are a great marketer and copywriter. So for me to spend hours, and I know this, hours trying to write good copy, I'm far better to hire someone like you that can write it in, I don't know how long does it take you to write uh, a, a copy for an ad. I'll use an ad as an example. <laughs> always a great question. You know, uh, the time it takes to write copy always depends because it's not just about the words. It's all the research and the background information that goes into it. But it is one of those things. It's not just about how fast or how easy or how slow it is for you to do it, but also how effective and how efficient it is for people to do something. So, exactly. you know, maybe it'll take you five hours to write copy and it would take me five hours to write the exact same email. Now, I'm not saying that would ever be the case necessarily, but depending, you know, what you're talking about. But, you know, is it easy for me to do it? Is it something that you have to struggle through for that amount yes. of time? And, you know, that takes a mental toll as well. Absolutely. And that's that's a big part of why I say burn your to-do list is because of the mental toll it takes on us that not having things done that, oh, I have to do that yet and I haven't done it. And especially right now, there's enough mental toll on all of us, enough mental weight that anything we can do to lighten what we're doing, lighten our load, lighten our mood is so beneficial to us. And going forward, you're going to have that to take with you that I don't do this. And that's why I always suggest hiring experts like you to do jobs that not only are you not good at, but you don't enjoy doing. You mentioned bookkeeping and taxes. There's another perfect example, right? Website development, right? Most people, not only do we not have the skill to do it and do it well, we get lost down those technology rabbit holes that seem to go forever. Absolutely. Now, I, I love your approach of, you know, delegate, eliminate and automate and kind of finding the tasks that you're going to do all of those things for. But what happens if, you know, you're just starting out, you're a smaller business or maybe, you know, cash flow is not so great right now and you can't necessarily delegate some of those things or automate some of those things. What is your uh, philosophy on, you know, finding those tasks that you don't necessarily want to do or should be doing, but right now, you are the person who needs to be doing that. How can people approach getting those finished so they're often not taking a mental toll and taking up space in our, in our daily lives? And that's a great question. And you mentioned something earlier that you, oh, I'm just going to do this and hours later, you're still at it. And this is something I do know. And there's a, I can't remember the name of the, but there is a law that they use to describe this, that the task will expand to fill the time given. So if you don't have a deadline, remember at college and, you know, the term paper was due or the midterm exam was happening. So you knew you had a deadline that you had to be ready for. Same thing happens with tasks. If you know you have a deadline for it, you get it done. And that's one thing that I work with my clients on is, is creating time blocks so that if you're going to do something you do it for a set amount of time. Now, this can be as 
involved as creating time blocks in your calendar to do it, or as simple as going to the dollar store and getting a little kitchen digital kitchen timer and setting it. I like them because they've, they've got a little alarm that goes off at the end, but you set that for, let's say, 45 minutes. I'm going to work on this X task, whatever it is, for 45 minutes. You set your little timer, start it, and when it goes beep, beep, beep at the end, you're done. And it keep, But it also gives you that digital countdown, too. So you're like, oh, I've only got 30 minutes left. I better get busy on this. It creates a little bit of compression of time for you so that you are only working for that time on it. Absolutely. I um, I use a couple of different focus apps and you can set the music to be a timer. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I set them for specific amounts of time and, you know, it, not only does it help you focus, but it helps you know that at the end of that time, whatever it is you're doing, you're going to be done doing it and it'll help you kind of plan out your day from there. So we are you know, almost out of time right now, speaking of time. And we've talked about so many great things about how you can burn your to-do list using the DEA method to figure out what tasks you should and shouldn't be doing. You know, what would you say is the number one action step people need to take in order to start burning their to-do list to get started in, in kind of reclaiming their time for the things that they want to be doing? The number one is to make the decision that you're not going to do that anymore, that you are going to get things done and start to apply the DEA and the timer. It's just a decision. And you make the decision and then you start. That will get you closer to success than just about anything else. Because once the decision is made and you hold fast to your decision, it gets easier. And every time you don't add to your to-do list, life gets easier again. And that's so true. It's so true because so many of us, you know, oh, I need to get that done. Oh, I need to figure out how I'm going to do that. Oh, I need to, to think about how that's going to happen for me. But because we, we phrase it as a thing that's going to happen in the future at some point, you know, we aren't owning the decision. So making the decision and telling ourselves, okay, I am going to burn my to-do list. I am going to write out my tasks so I know what I should be delegating, eliminating, and automating. And I am going to put it on my calendar and this is when it's going to start. Absolutely. That is a perfect summary. Do it and keep your word to yourself because you'll feel so much better just doing that. That I said I was going to do it and I did it. Absolutely. And it's it's really powerful to kind of take control that way by saying, you know, I said I was going to do it and I did it and look how great it is now. So Mark, again, I want to say thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your wisdom with my audience. And if people want to learn more about you and what you do and how they can, you know, take your advice to burn their to-do list, uh, where can they go to find out more about you and get in touch? Yeah. So there will be links in the, in the show notes. My website is success-innovations.com great place to uh, see what I'm up to. And I'm pretty active on on LinkedIn. So you can find me at Mark Rob Johnson on LinkedIn. That's the easiest way to find me there. I share a lot of stuff on there, more tips on getting more done, running your to-do list, and lots of other interesting things. 
Definitely. So as Mark mentioned, all of those links will be in the show notes. Be sure to check out Success Innovations and finding out all the the tips and tricks and information you can about how to burn your to-do list and uh, get in touch with Mark on, on LinkedIn or follow him so you can get those kinds of gems about taking back control of your day in your regular news feed. So Mark, again, thank you so much for being here. And it was a, it was a great pleasure to interview you. Thank you, Kimberly. I'm really happy to be here and share with your listeners. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.